trying to figure out their business plan. Exactly who are these drivers and what are their relationship to the company? Well, yeah, and the on so if this on demand economy is the big story, it's certainly in in tech, if you will, in 2016. Cardiff, how important is that regulation concern and, uh, frankly, the sustainability of any business model that depends on on demand? Well, it is important, and it's sort of sensible that we're having a conversation now about how to think about people who work for these companies, how to make sure that we're taxing these companies in the right way. But let's keep in mind also that these are early years yet. I mean, people like these products. They want to keep using them. Uh, and I think over time, the experience of using them is also going to become more and more customized because they'll learn more about what it is that we want. And so my sense of it is that the regulatory bit absolutely matters, but but in the longer run, uh, I think it's all just going to be swamped by the fact that consumers want these products. So, I, yeah, I, I think these companies uh, in, in aggregate will be just fine. I mean, any one individual company can have a stumble, but, um, you know, the industry itself, I think, will continue to grow. I have to say, I saw this week that Instacart was stumbling maybe a little bit, slowing down some hiring and raising prices, and I don't want to see that. I will ride Instacart <laughs> to the end. Right. Well, well, there are some companies that will stumble. I couldn't agree more about this being the early years of what we are calling the gig economy. Um, I, I would like to, to note that just because you, you slap an app on it and put a sticker in the back of the window doesn't necessarily mean you've changed anything fundamentally about the labor market mm. or the people who were in this economy all along. Um, what you what has done is that the workers that used to be individual contractors and giving people rides and being part of this delivery service now are being um, organized into a company. And that means that some of the profits they made doing small-time gigs is is now being taken by, by these bigger companies, these tech companies. And so there's still a lot of fallout and shakeout for how this will develop over time. That's Neela Richardson from Redfin and Cardiff Garcia with the blog FT Alphaville. Thanks, guys, and Happy New Year. Thanks, Molly. Thank you, Molly. Happy New Year. Markets are closed today, but we'll have a look at some of the big movers of the year when we do the numbers. Now a look at the commodities markets. One way to measure how well commodities are doing is the Baltic Dry Index. It's a daily tab of how much it costs to move raw materials by sea. Not containers, just bulk things like iron ore, steel, and coal. Now, the index, like most things related to commodities, ended this year down pretty dramatically. But the Baltic Dry Index can also be used to predict how the coming year might look. Marketplace's Andy Euler explains. It's a pretty simple supply and demand equation. I'll let Paul Bingham explain. He's vice president of the Economic Development Research Group. Um, It is a composite of the actual uh, ship charter contract to carry a cargo from one port to another in the world across a variety of vessel sizes carrying these these dry bulk commodities. So if there's nobody else shipping iron ore today and you got a bunch of it you need to get from Brazil to China, it's not going to cost as much. You've got too much capacity chasing too little cargo. The dry bulk vessel fleet is too big for the demand that's out there in terms of global trade in those commodities. Basil Karatsas is a shipping consultant in New York. He pays attention to the index and says these numbers are awful news for shipping companies, but they're good news for mining companies. Of course, you know, you're getting killed on the commodity side of the business, but 
at least you are saving something on the uh, on, on the shipping expense. When the getting's good and commodities are flying off the shelf, shipbuilders make ships, or at least they start to. Jean-Paul Rodrigue is the author of The Geography of Transport Systems. And the problem is, ships take a few years to be built, and when they enter the market, suddenly they enter the market where the conditions could be different. And that's currently what we are seeing right now. They call it a forward-looking indicator because what's on a ship today will be part of other economic activity later like manufacturing or retail. So if demand for raw goods increases, this index will rise. That's what shipping companies are hoping for in 2016. I'm A.D. Euler for Marketplace. If you're a fan of solar energy, I have good news and bad news for you. Good news first. Congress last month extended a tax credit that could double, even triple, American solar energy over the next five years. Now the bad news. For homeowners with panels on their roofs, it's not the federal stuff that matters.